Hi, everyone. This is Carolyn from Second Serve. Who is excited about the French Open? The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris, and you can watch every court live on Tennis Channel Plus. You can watch it on your phone or smart TV live in HD. So you can watch it at work or while you're waiting in your kid's carpool line. Live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. You can be there when it happens with Tennis Channel Plus. Hi, this is Carolyn, and I'm here with Erin, and we are really excited to have Brett here with us. Brett is the incoming president of USTA Southern. He is the tennis director at the Stone Creek Club. He's coached and played college tennis at LSU, and he even wrote a book about tennis called Competitive Tennis, Climbing the NTRP Ladder. So, Brett, thank you so much for being here with us, and can you start off by telling us about your tennis background? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. I, I have listened to several of y'all's episodes and saw y'all at the awards banquet at Southern, and you guys are so well-deserving of that award that uh, I'm happy to, to be asked to be on. You know, I grew up playing basketball, frankly, and then I, I got into playing tennis late in, late in my, in my uh, teens, and I was able to play well enough to make it to play at LSU. So, you know, I won the state championship in high school when I played at LSU. We had a top 10 team a couple of years there. I played just in the summers when I was a kid, but like a, a lot of kids of my era, it wasn't year-round tennis back then uh, for a lot of people. So uh, I just did it as a summer sport and got more interested into it when I was 15 and took it on to another level and started playing year-round, and I was able to improve enough to play, you know, D1 college tennis on a very good team. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's impressive. That doesn't happen nowadays like that. You have to basically touch a racket since you're like three years old and yes. <laughs> go through recruiting. Yeah, all kinds it's of It's definitely a different uh, dynamic in uh, 2022, for sure. Yeah. So Carolyn and I both have your book. Very impressive. It's called Competitive Tennis, and it's about the NTRP rating system. What made you decide to write that book and tell us that process? Because it's very involved. Yeah, well... I had an idea because way back when, uh, in, in my era, you would look in the tennis magazine and it would be Cliff Drysdale and Stan Smith and all these pros would write all the articles on how to play tennis. And so, you know, we were looking at it and it was just like, you know, serving volley and, and it never really was categorized for anybody of any, any certain level. It might have said B player or whatever, but most of the time it was just pro level strategy. And so my friend Chris and I were just riding to Florida one day and I get this idea. He goes, I've been thinking the same thing. I'm like, okay, well, we're going to write the book then. So, you know, writing a tennis book where you have to have examples and you have to have uh, diagrams and photos, you have to write to the diagram or to the photo. So it wasn't easy. And then you have to do spacing. We had to do all our own photos. So we had to stage the photos. But I think in the end, it was it was a great experience for me and and, uh, and Chris. And, and, you know, it turned out we sold all the copies that we had printed on the first run. We didn't have a second run. And then they, they put it, they, uh, one day we got a royalty check for translation right in, rights into Russian. So it's 3,000 copies in Russian. So it's a hardback in Russia. So, you know, and I joke with everybody, we're kind of like uh, – What's the guy's name who's famous in Germany and he, you know, and he sings in America and he's a loser in America, but he's in Germany, he gets off the plane, everybody loves him. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that in Russia, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn and I were um, actually driving together somewhere and I was reading 
a lot of it and going through. So the nice thing is it's broken down into each level. So from two, five, three, Oh, three, five, four, Oh, four, five. And then was it five? What, what is it like? Five, Oh, five, Oh, and, and, and above. And you have th- Three pages, Three pages on five zero and above. It's basically like you know how to do everything yeah. now. But at two five, it's like forty pages, and three zero is forty pages. So we were laughing at that. Yeah. So the NTRP NTRP system was already in place when you wrote the book, right? Correct. Okay, and then so tell us about how that all worked and like how you integrated the NTRP system into the book. If you look at the beginning of each chapter, I think it defines what that player is. That's straight off the NTRP back when we wrote the book. Um, in 1997, I think it was. So that's what the definition of the player was then. And then we wrote to that. And then we, you know, we gave strategies to win at that level. And we also put strategies to actually improve uh, for skills that you would need at the next level. You know, you got to win to get to the next level. But when you get to the next level, you got to know what it takes to win at that level and be prepared. So we gave, you know, we gave drills and um, quick tips. Some of my favorite things in it are quick tips because it, it kind of helps you self-analyze but uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's the way we, it's the way we approached it. So we were reading it. I was reading it to Carolyn in the car while she was driving. And the great thing is, like we talked about at the beginning, it's broken out into those different um, levels, two, five, three, oh, three, five, four, oh, four, five, and beyond. And we're both four O's. We just, we got bumped the COVID year. Um, and then everybody stayed the same level for, I don't know, the two years or whatever. But the thing that made me laugh was we would read the four O level and we're like, yeah, we know, we know how to do some of that stuff. But then we would read the two five and I'm like, wait, I'm lacking on the hits, you know, hits or no, the three O it was like hits a decent volley or so it's like, we're, we got to that four O level, but now, and I guess that's what you said. Like you can reflect back and look at the book, but it's like, I'm still lacking on some of the fundamentals coming up. And I don't know if that's because, I took lessons, I started playing leagues, and now I play leagues all the time, and I won enough to keep getting bumped up. But I have some work to do going backwards. But I think that's what is cool about the book. And just reading the NTRP levels of what you should be able to do at each level, we both have figured out that we're lacking in some of the we've, – we've missed some of those bullet points at the beginning. Well, here's the deal. If you go back and fix some of those things, like you said, I don't bother you at a proficient level. You, do, you fix some of those things, you'll get to four or five level because it sounds to me like y'all – are probably talented players and uh, you're very competitive on betting and, and you win based on the fact that you have a, a good partnership and you know what this one, each other's doing and then you uh, you work together pretty well. But there's room for improvement in the technical side, it sounds like. And if you did that, you know, volleying's easy. I mean, volleying's so easy to teach to me. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, and so, you know, if you went back and worked on that, I think you would you would probably – reach four or five, you know, pretty easily. Problem is when you get to four or five, there's not that many people to play with. Yes. Yes. True. We read this bullet point. We said, um, adjust, this was for the four or five level. And we're like, oh, we, we can tick off some of the four or five things. Adjust strategy according to opponent's game. Yes. What did you say about that? So we played recently and we lost badly, but we adjusted the strategy. But So we had that part, but not according to the opponent's game, we feel like. We just kind of threw all this different stuff out there. <laughs> that yeah, we, tried. We, we threw the kitchen sink. We also, at the 2-5 level, we did one up, one back doubles or two back doubles, which that we said, well, we did two back doubles. So, so we reverted back to our 2-5 days and that didn't work either. We, oh, but just, you know we tried what? everything. If you play two back the correct way, it works at any level because – when I was coaching at LSU, you know, there's three lines of doubles when you start, right? 
So, and that's worth one point. We won 25 doubles points and lost two that whole year. And we played two back on first serves on courts one, two, and three on every first serve. But the reason we did it is because it takes the advantage away from the server. So if the server is hitting good serves and you can't get the ball past the net person or you're hitting weak returns, you don't have to. All you got to do is get the ball and play at that point because the guy poaching gets the ball and hits a volley. They don't have a target anymore. So the net person's not there to hit at. So then they either have to hit angle volley or something else. And then you, you get into the point And then, you know, if they hit a weak volley, then you can both move forward, hit the ball at them, and you can both go to the net and go to the offense. And so. Okay. Is it, yeah. So this is the receivers. The receivers yes. both play back. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. I was just making sure. Okay. So it's the Not receivers both play back on the first so, serve. So, you know, okay. it, it's a viable strategy. I, I did it when I was playing with my son the other day. We were losing 5-2 and we played two back. And, you know, my son said, well, why, why are we playing two back? Are you trying to teach me how to change the momentum? I go, that's exactly what I'm doing because what we're doing is not working. <laughs> right? So if we play two back and make them play, we're giving it to them. Let's just play two back and make them play. You know, and we end up going up 6-5. We end up losing. But, you know, at least we were able to change the momentum. And we've done that a couple of times in some matches that we were playing because, you know, I don't see as well as I used to. So stepping into the ball and hitting the ball, you know, inside the baseline doesn't really work for me as much anymore. So I tend to play back a little bit more, let the ball come to me, get it in play, and then work from there. At least you're making them beat you. And that's the key. You got to make them beat you. So, you know, the two two back strategy, it really works at any level. You just have to play it correctly. Okay. So we just that's have to what play we're doing it. next. Yeah. We're going to play it correctly next I feel time. like we got a tennis lesson via a podcast. <laughs> Since you have coached a lot of adult recreational players, what things do you see that we need to work on the most? Like we don't have a lot of time. A lot of people are working, doing other things. Like, is it the ball machine we need to do? What recommendations do you have for people like us that are just average adult recreational players? To me, the biggest problem with people when they play is they don't play strategically correct. I explained this to somebody the other day. I said, you know, um, if you're not playing the percentages and, and in the right positions and hitting the balls in the right places that are going to give you the highest percentage. It's like trying to beat the casino. The casinos win all the time because the odds are in their favor. So if you're playing high-risk tennis and or you're not giving yourself the best chance to win a point, you're playing against the casino. You know what I mean? So over time, you're going to lose. You might be hot that day, but over time in a league season, you're going to lose more than you win if you're not playing correctly. So, you know, that's where the value of lessons, clinics, situational clinics where, you know, hey, we're in one up, one back. The ball goes over here. This is where you need to be. You know, that's in our book. You know, you need to be here. You need to be there. And this is why you need to be here. You know, if the ball goes wide, you're going to give them six inches in the alley. If they hit that all day long, they deserve to win. But, you know, take away the cross court, which is, you know, an easier, more natural play that they play. And, you know. And then watching people's tendencies, I think, also is very beneficial with respect to strategy. That's what we couldn't figure out this last week. No. We just kept trying. They were really good. I mean, this is not, they were good. The fact that you were trying to figure it out tells me a lot about you guys right there. Because some people, they just can't figure it out, you know. And and I think there was a, you know, we wrote the book 30 years ago, so I don't really look at it like, frequently, but I think there was a, a, a situation in there where it, it talked about, hey, you know, if you're losing 4-1, but every game's deuce and you're just losing the big points, you might not have the wrong strategy. You're just not executing. 
But if you're losing four one and every game's you know you're losing every game you love and you were lucky to win one game, then you need a strategy change. So sometimes you got to really analyze what you're doing. And you know one of the things that we we were doing that I'm going to be doing where I am at the new club I'm going to be is we're going to be doing coaching matches where a whole another club brings their team and we get the whole staff and every court has a pro on it and they give you real time advice as to okay why'd you do that why'd you do that you know. Um, why don't you try this? And, you know, and they might go, I'm not good at that. I go, well, you know, we're practicing. It doesn't matter who wins in this match. We're trying to learn. So do it and let's see what happens. Poach and see what happens. You don't ever poach, but let's do it and let's see what happens. Right. So I think matches like that where you, where you can have coaches coach you in real time and it doesn't count are invaluable to get people to, out of their, you know, in the, they're in a comfort zone with what they do, but they don't want to get out of their comfort zone. So uh, that's the way you do it. You get them. Okay, let's let's try this. Let's, let's try that. Let's see what happens. And then they go, oh wow. And it, it was funny because one <laughs> one one time I was coaching the lady. I go, hey, look, just hit the ball down the line. I know, but the lady's standing right there. I go, I know, but what you don't realize is the lady's standing right there. But as soon as the ball goes in a box, she runs across every time, three feet over. So it's wide open. So if you just hit it, just just hit it there. Just humor me and do it. You know. So they hit it there, and it was a win. And they looked at me and they're like. It worked. I go, okay, good. So next time they do it again. And when they stop doing it, then you don't have to do it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But a lot of times, what I'm saying is a lot of times you're playing, you don't realize. And if you have somebody there watching you, they can say, hey, do this. When, you know, the the lady or the guy, you know, is playing backhand, hits cross court every time. So so stand right in the middle. He can't, maybe can't hit it down the line, you know? Since you did coach for a number of years, I ask this a lot, but this is because I have issues on the tennis court. When, you know, you have a player that gets frustrated on the court, can't figure out what to do, you know, just as a head case, me, for example, what advice would you have for someone like that? Since you coached at the collegiate level, you you deal with a lot of tennis players, you deal with juniors, what advice would you have for people like us? Well, I mean, I think, this is going to sound like Nick Saban, but you really have to get them to focus on the process and, and the, you know, what's in, what's in front of you. Because people that are head cases, most of the time, they're focusing on what happened. Like Kyrgios today. If y'all watch that, you know, he was up 40-11 in a game and he misses a return and he goes crazy and loses the next four points and loses that game. And then he did the same thing when he was serving at 40 because So he's focusing on what happened and not focusing on what's ahead. And if you can get anybody that's a head case to finally live in the the moment and focus on what's ahead. That's the best way to get them out of it, in my opinion. And, and the best players can do that. That's what I'm going to tell Carolyn next time we play a doubles match. <laughs> what, 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 what I'm hearing is I'm just like curious. Yes. So <laughs> I'll take that too. <laughs> a head case like curious. A head case, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. There you go. <laughs> Thanks so much to Brett for being on the podcast. We've included information about his book in our show notes. And we have one more episode with Brett where he discusses his experience being a ratings verifier. So he used to give people ratings like 3.0 or 3.5, and he would travel to the state championship and sectionals to disqualify people which I thought was very interesting. So we hope you listen next week. If you'd like to see a picture of Brett, please check out our website, which is secondservepodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening and hope to see you on the court soon.
Hey, Second Serve listeners, this is Erin. Carolyn and I are so excited that the second slam of the year is happening this month. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the French Open, and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch it. Tennis Channel Plus brings you courtside with three weeks of unparalleled access, and they do this with every single court live. Watch on your phone, your smart TV in HD, or like I do, on my iPad while I'm sitting at my desk working all day. I love to flip around to different matches on Tennis Channel Plus to see my favorite players in action. Don't miss your favorite tennis legends battle a new generation of talent and watch exciting new rivalries emerge on the historic clay courts of Roland Garros. If Carolyn and I can't be in Paris in person, at least we can watch all the matches on Tennis Channel Plus. Daily coverage begins on Monday, May 20th. Be there when it happens with Tennis Channel Plus. I know I will be. 